Hey, what's going on, everyone? It is Brian, and welcome to episode 9 of the Brian Kenny podcast. I'm coming to you all the way from London today yet again. I hope you're all doing really well. You will not believe this, but for the first episode ever, I've remembered to put my phone and computer and everything on silent. Go on, Brian. For those who are new, <laughs> I've in every single episode so far, something has beeped, WhatsApp or something. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to jump straight in. So for those of you who don't know and who are now joining, this is a podcast where I run through things that are changing in my life. I document them um, from both a business perspective, my own family life and personalized perspective. And then I use it as a medium to reflect on it in a couple of months time and to see how I've progressed. People seem to enjoy listening as well. The readership, no, the listenership is growing. I've popped it onto Stitcher as well, which is helping. This is insane. So thank you all very much for listening. Okay, so let's jump straight in. Point number one, I need to take the risk and expand. So Minicorp has now been going for two and a half years, and we're now at a team of six, nearly seven soon. And it's always kind of fluctuated between four to seven, four to eight people. And I don't think that is because of the market or the economy or the amount of work. I think it's more because of my own um, risk factors inside me saying that I don't want to grow past those numbers. I was in a heavy state of turmoil between, you know, should we stay below 10 people all the time and scale the business by taking equity in some of the products that we take instead of growing in a traditional agency linear way where you just have more and more people. I say just, but yeah, you just have more people, more designers, more engineers, more project managers, but you're taking on more work. It's more risky. You have a heavier salary. Cash flow is really important. And I don't know. I've been, I've been thinking about this problem for the last while, and there's no reason why I shouldn't do both. If I don't do both, it is just pure laziness that is deterring me and procrastination that is deterring me away from doing that. So right now, I'm really looking at it. I'm, I'm growing the team substantially, and I hope it all works out. Like there's, there's people that are just sending me emails all the time saying, can you help with this? Can you help with that? And there's, there's plenty of work to be done. So yeah, it's just time to do that. Okay, point number two, how I set acceptable risk factors and how I think that they're failing me. So I've just briefly talked about how I think that they're failing me. But the way that I've always set risk factors has been, um, I will set a specific criteria on what I'm trying to do. For example, if I had just launched a product, I might say something or might write down something like, if we don't hit... 5,000 euros in monthly recurring revenue by month four, we're going to stop. Or if we go, if we don't get to 1,500 users by month three, we're going to stop. And to jot down, jot down those numbers, I feel like I can't talk today, jot down those numbers at a very early stage and watch as the product progresses because it's very easy to get really ingrained into, into the detail of the product and it's the detail of just kind of riding the wave as the product um, gets used and not really remembering those factors. And yeah, I think setting those factors is a really good thing. I think that I've been too stringent or too risk adverse. I think, yeah, risk adverse in doing that. And I just need to be more lenient. 
Okay, point number three. Being a parent is really difficult. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are parents out there, you probably completely understand this, but Lily, who is myself and Lee's eldest daughter, she is three at the moment, we are looking at schools for her, and just the school system in Ireland is really challenging, but it's also, I've always had a strong passion for schooling and how how kids are taught, and um, mainly because of my own history. I, I failed at school because I always learned by experience versus the batch processing mentality that kids are educated on at the moment. It's more you go into second class, this is the time for maths and this is the time for English versus I really favoured maths and physics and other subjects like that, more logical subjects um, than the other ones. And so when I'm choosing or when we are choosing a school for Lily, it's really important that we select it diligently and we really do our homework. And I don't know, we went, went, we went to one last Wednesday to like an open day and it was really good. They, they will teach Lily completely through Irish. And it's not that we're big Irish nuts. It's more that um, it is a great way for the kids to learn a second language or to be bilingual, multilingual. Yeah. Anyway, and apparently if you, if you learn a couple of different languages, picking up other languages in the future is really easy. So I think it could be really beneficial. Plus the school was just amazing. Okay, point number four. I'm completely drawn to how brands create hype. Um, so today, after, after I did a lot of work, I decided to just take a walk around London City and to see what's going down. And I stumbled across a shop called Supreme. For those of you who are from New York or know the brand Supreme, it's insane the way that they do things. So it's just a regular shop that sells clothes, like skateboarder clothes, like hoodies and t-shirts and, you know, it is, I don't know, they call it designer. I'm not sure if I would classify it as designer. I suppose everything is designed. Anyway, the, the way that they handle the shop is that they have a big queue that stands outside the shop all the time. And that queue is maybe 40 or 50 people deep, even though there might be zero people in the shop. And so it can take quite a long time to get into the actual shop. But today I waited until the queue died down and I took a peek inside. It took about 10 minutes in the queue to have a look because I was just intrigued. Why does everybody queue up and wait? And what is inside the shop? Went in and there's nothing. Like it's just, it, it is completely a basic shop. But the people, like, they stood there and stood there for for such a long time. That's my second time walking by that shop, and there's so many people. And I'm just, I'm, I'm really infatuated with how brands create hype. Like, even Apple, how they will now do the iPhone 10, And even though they can completely meet the demand of the people that want to buy the phone, they won't do that. You know, like they'll release it in the UK before they release it in Ireland. They'll release it in a couple of different countries before they release it into the second tier. And I just find it, I don't know, crazy how people still want to buy. Like I still want to buy an iPhone 10, even though they're dicking me around. I still want one. And that's crazy. Like the way that Supreme does that hype, I had a negative brand experience from that. But the way that Apple is doing the iPhone 10, I still want one. So... I don't know, I'm always intrigued about how that product uh, mentality and hype is created and something that I want to mull over. Okay, 
Hopefully this wasn't a crazy monotone episode. I'm dying of the flu at the moment, but I'm getting better. I had a big, dirty bowl of ramen there as well for dinner. It was amazing. Thank you all very much for listening. If you enjoy this, please share it with your friends. I'm trying to grow the crap out of the listenership. And I'm also, yeah, I'm really happy with where this is going. So thank you all very much. I love you all. Have an absolutely awesome Tuesday.